Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 and 7. What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? I think this is the question that should be on all of our minds and on our hearts every moment of every day. What does it mean to be a Christian? When I take the name of Christ and publicly admit to being his and know that he loves me and that he saves me and that he forgives me and therefore he owns me, what does it mean now for me to be a Christian? I think this is the question that Dietrich Bonhoeffer raised and in light of the SWAT stickers and the anti-Semitic rhetoric and practices of Nazi Germany in the 1930s and 40s, what does it mean to be a Christian? I think this is the question that Dr. Martin Luther King raised from his jail cell in Birmingham amid the racism and discrimination and segregation of America. What does it mean to be a Christian? In light of our turbulent times where political parties are at odds over the course of America and we struggle, struggle, literally struggle to understand some of the rhetoric that is coming from the White House and the Congress, we ask ourselves the question, in light of it, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian when every day it seems that the news cycle is, is filled and overflowing, beloved, with reports of terrorism, both domestic and uh, abroad, and people are gripped by the frustration of racism and the fear of nationalism and fanatic religion? What does it mean for you and I to say in these times that we are Christian, when the philosophies of the world and doctrines of demons press in uh, upon us, seem me like, without respite, what does it mean to be a Christian? submit to you this morning that this is a most important question. It was an important question in the times of the Apostle Paul as he was writing to the saints in Colossae, it is a pressing and important question for us. What does it mean to be a Christian? And I am convinced and I believe and I hope you will too that our text goes a long way in answering that question for us this morning. The answer coming from the mind and the heart of God as we meditate it, as we meditate upon it from his word. What does it mean to be a Christian? Well, the ask and the answer is, what is a Christian? What is a Christian? Well, we may answer that question, and you may answer that question in a number of ways. 
It's a, Christ, a Christian is a new creation. And indeed, the Bible does say that. A Christian, you say, is justified. The Bible does say that. A Christian is holy. If you are a Christian, you are righteous. If you are a Christian, you are forgiven. If you are a Christian, you are adopted. If you are a Christian, you are loved as God's own beloved. And all of these are true and biblical, beloved, but I think that the way that the Bible puts it in its most simply, uh, simplest form and summing up what it means to be a Christian is in just two words. In Christos. In Christ. I am a Christian. What does that mean? That means I am in Christ. The Bible says over and over again. This is the Bible's most preferred way of speaking about a man or a woman who is saved. You are a Christian. You are in Christ. And therefore, Christ is in you. It's important to note this morning, however, the point I think our text is making as we ask and answer the question, that being in Christ is not simply a momentary in time, a moment in time transaction. That at the moment in which you were saved, when you raised your hand or you came forward and gave your hand to the preacher, however you want to uh, ex explain your Christian ex experience, that moment in which that happened and which, in which you became knowledgeable and you understand that you became in Christ, that was not the end of the story. That is not the complete definition of what it means to be in Christ, beloved. For being in Christ is a daily working out of the Christianity that you profess. That's what Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, right, verse 12. And 13, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, what are you to do? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is, at, it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. You are in Christ. And that in Christ means that you are working out that salvation every day with fear and trembling because as you are in Christ, God is in you working his goodwill and good pleasure. What does it mean to be a Christian? It means that I am in Christ. What does it mean to be a Christian? It means that in Christ I am working out my salvation with fear and trembling every moment of every day. 
This is so important for us to understand, beloved, because when Christ comes into our lives and he brings us into him and he comes into us, it is important to understand that Christ doesn't purchase you and then leave you at the counter. Who does that? He doesn't purchase you with his own precious blood and then leaves you at the counter. No, beloved, he takes you home to live with him every moment of every day. Christ doesn't marry you and then leave you at the altar. But he marries you and then takes you home. To live in you every moment of every day. He continues to live with you and thus you continue to live with him. And this is the point that Paul is making to the Colossians. You are in Christ and Christ is in you. You are a Christian. And as a Christian, you are to be living out your life. Why? Because as you received Christ, now you ought to be walking in him. You walk in him. You walk in him. Therefore, as you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, so walk in him. As you have received Christ in you, and you are in Christ, live your life like you have some spiritual sense. This is what the apostle is saying. What it means to be a Christian, it means that I walk out Christ, and I live like I got some sense. Because I'm in Christ, and Christ is in me, and I have received him. And what did you receive, beloved? Notice what the text says. You received Christ as Lord. That's what you received. Therefore, as you received Jesus Christ as Lord, you know, when you get saved, or even now, we're talking about people getting saved and receiving Christ, we say things like, you know, well, you need to receive the Lord Jesus into your heart. And, and, and so you receive Christ into your heart, so you, you say. Other people say that I received Christ into my life. I had a little kid come up here uh, after service uh, not too long ago and said, Pastor, you know, I just wanted to let you know that last night I received Jesus into my heart. And it blessed my soul. Because, beloved, I don't care how you word it. You can say you receive Jesus into your heart. You can say you receive Jesus into your mind. You can say that you receive Jesus into your soul. It doesn't matter. 
where you receive Jesus into, the way that thing that really matters is who you received. Did you receive Christ as Lord? The Bible says, if you are in Christ, then you received him as the Lord Jesus Christ. And you received Christ, beloved, you didn't receive a partial Christ. You didn't receive a half Christ. When you receive Christ as Lord, you receive the whole Christ. It is not getting up tomorrow and saying, I need more of Jesus. No, it is not that you need more Jesus. What needs to happen is that Jesus needs to get more of you. You got all of Jesus. You got all his mercy. You got all his love. You got all his forgiveness. What you need to do is make sure that Jesus get it all of you. Why? Because he is Lord. That's what it means for him to be Lord. This is the point that the apostle is making here in this text. He doesn't just say, you receive Jesus Christ as Savior. He says, you have received Jesus Christ as Lord, the master of your soul, the captain of your ship, your commander-in-chief, your king, your master and commander. And you didn't get him partial. In fact, you didn't get him, you didn't get a, a faulty Christ either, beloved. You got a perfect one. There was no flaws in him. If there's a flaw in my life, it is not in my receiving the faulty Christ. It is in my failure to walk in him. That's where the fault is. I cannot go to God and say, God, I didn't receive enough Jesus. You received a perfect Christ if you actually received him. And if you did, you walk him out. You didn't receive a faulty Christ. You didn't receive a half Christ. Beloved, you didn't receive a false Christ. He isn't lying to you. If you really received Christ, he isn't lying. When he tells you his will for your life, he isn't lying. When he commands you to walk in love and to walk in forgiveness, he isn't lying. The fault is not with his commands. The fault is in our inability to walk it out. You have received Christ Jesus as Lord. And as you have received him, walk him out. Walk in him. You know, it's an interesting thing about the lordship of Jesus Christ. If you tell people that Jesus Christ has come to save them, they may not have a problem with that. But when you tell them that he has not only come to save you, but now he comes to own you, that he is not just savior, but he is Lord. See, the confession of the church, the great confession of the church is not that Jesus is Savior. He is Savior. But the great confession of the church is that Jesus is Lord. 
that he is in charge, that he commands human beings everywhere to repent. You preach Jesus Christ as the Savior and the world will, nah, that's good, that's nice. For those who think they need saving, that's good. We don't just put, preach Jesus as Savior. We preach Jesus as Savior and Lord. And he is Lord whether you acknowledge him now or not. He is Lord over every heart and mind whether you realize it or not. That's what we preach. Christ as Lord. why Paul makes the point when to when you therefore as you have received Jesus Christ as Lord walk in him you received him as Lord if you're going to walk in him you got to know how you received him beloved well remember that when you received Christ, you received Christ by faith. That's what it says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, right? For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. Therefore, as you have received Christ by faith, now walk in faith. This is the point. Just as you received Christ, so you walk in Christ. How did you receive Christ? I received him as Lord. And I received him by faith. So what does it mean to be a Christian? It means that I am one who what? Who walks by faith. Who walks by faith. Who walks by faith, beloved. What it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, right? We walk by faith and not by sight. Your life and my life is not summed up in the material and the natural world. There is a whole world, a spiritual reality that dictates my life, what I say, who I am, and what I do. I am not governed by the words that come out of the White House. There's a whole nother reality. Because I don't walk by sight. I walk by faith. I'm not governed by the pose and the pugnance. There's a whole nother reality. And I have received Christ by faith. Therefore, I walk. Not by sight. Did you receive Christ by sight, beloved? I don't know about you, but it was not by sight that I received Christ. I received Christ by faith. And if I received him by faith, then I am to walk by faith. You know, you do understand, beloved, that God isn't playing tricks with his people. He's not a trickster. He's not a charlatan. 
He doesn't win you with one thing and then going to keep you with something else. Now, that's what that boyfriend is doing to you, little lady. Yeah. That's what that young lady is trying to do to you. You know that right now? She's going to win you with one thing, and then once you get home and you get the keys and everything, she, what she won you with, you're going to find out that went out the door. She's going to attempt to keep you with something else. That's not God. That's not God. What he wins you with, that's what he's keeping you with. He's not doing a bait and switch. That's just too many, too many churches do that. And beloved, you know, if you win them with circus acts, you're going to keep them with circus acts. If you win them with a, with a dog and pony show, you're going to keep them with a dog and pony show. If you win them with magic tricks and, and smoke and lights, you're going to have to keep them with magic tricks and smoke and lights. Why? Because what you win them with is what they're going to expect. God isn't baiting and switching. You came to him in Christ. That's how he's keeping you. In Christ. When you came to him, he gave you Christ. And every day since when you come to him, he's going to give you Christ. As you received him, now you walk in him. How did you receive him? Well, I received him by faith. Well, then you walk by faith. How did you receive him? Well, I received him by the word. Right? 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. And we also thank God constantly, the apostle says, for this, that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as it actually is. The word of God, which is at work in every believer. When you received Christ, you received Christ according to the preaching of the word. It's the only Christ you know. Any other Christ is a faulty one. The only Christ you know is the Christ that is revealed to you in the word of God that's proclaimed in your hearing. And the one, that Christ you received. And if you received him by the word, then you should do what? Walk in the word. It's not a bait and switch. What God brings you into Christ with, that's how he's going to keep you. You were brought into Christ according to the word. And now he says, walk in the word. Walk by faith. Walk in the word. Psalm 119 and 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How are you going to walk? I'm going to walk by faith. How are you going to walk? I'm going to walk in the word. What does it mean to be a Christian? It means that I walk by faith. It means that I walk according to his word. As the old song reminds us, we walk with the Lord in the light of his word for the glory he sheds on our way while we do his good will.
He abides with us still if we only trust and obey. What does it mean to be a Christian? It means that I have received Christ and I walk according to his word. How did you receive Christ? You received Christ by faith. So you walk by faith. How did you receive Christ? You received Christ according to the word. So then you walk in light of the word. How did you receive Christ? You received Christ by the Holy Spirit. Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, right? He saved us, not because of works done by, as in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. It was, beloved, the Holy Spirit at work in you when you received Christ. The only way that you could receive Christ is that the Holy Spirit opened your eyes and he opened your heart and he opened your ears so that you could hear, so that you could see, so that you could receive Christ. And if that is the case, if you receive Christ by the working of Holy Spirit, now what are you to do? Walk in the Spirit. What does it mean to be a Christian? It means that I am walking in the Spirit. That's what the Bible says, right? Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. Can, can't put it any more plain than this. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit. This is what it means to be a Christian, beloved. It means that you walk according to the Spirit of God as He leads you every moment of every day. It is not the spirit of the age that I get caught up in, beloved. It is the spirit of God that is leading me. There is a multitude of spirits out in the world, even now, that are vying for your time and your energies, your minds and your souls. They will put words in your mouth, even as they seek to put thoughts in your head. And if you are not walking in the Spirit, you will find yourself walking and gratifying the flesh. What does it mean to be a Christian? It means that I am in Christ. And therefore, I walk by faith and not by sight. I walk according to His word and not my own. And I walk not in the spirit of this age, but in the Holy Spirit. Because I'm rooted and built up in Christ. I'm rooted and built up in Christ. 
interesting to note here as Paul now kind of switches the metaphor and he gives us this idea that Christ is not just the root of our Christian lives, but he is the fruit of our Christian lives. So that the truth is this, beloved, that you don't just start in the truth of God, in the truth of Christ at the beginning of your faith, but it is the truth of Christ that sustains you. It is the truth of Christ that grows you. It is the truth of Christ that is producing fruit in your life every day and every way. Christ is the soil. Get the picture. Christ is the soil in which the Spirit of God planted your seed of faith. And that's why it grows. That seed of faith was planted firmly by the Spirit of God into the person and work of Jesus Christ. Again, beloved, at times like these, it is important to know that you are rooted in Christ. Rooted and built on him. Because it is easy. It is so easy to get swayed by the emotions of the minute. You turn on your internet and you log on to Facebook and everybody's a prophet. And everybody's going to pontificate. Because everybody seems to believe that everybody else cares what they think. Listen, beloved. If you are a Christian, don't get swayed by the emotions of the minute. You are rooted in Christ. You are being built up in him. Don't heed the loud talkers. They scream. They scream. They stand on the street corners and they scream. They use exclamation points and capital letters. You suggest very quietly but clearly respond, I'm rooted in Christ. And I'm being built up in Him, not in your emotion of the minute, but in Christ, in Christ, beloved. This is a temptation that faces. That faced the Colossians. Beloved, there were people screaming on the street corners. There were philosophies all around as times changed. So did the voices and, and the faces. And it was easy to just get caught up in the moment, in the times. And Paul says, remember, you are in Christ, rooted Grounded in 
him, beloved. This is the temptation that is facing us every moment of every day. And so it is important that you understand that you are rooted in Christ and you stay rooted in him. Stay rooted in the community of faith. Stay rooted in the scriptures and the word of God. Stay rooted, beloved, in the church. Stay rooted and grounded. I was, most of you know, I was raised in Michigan, not far from Lake Michigan. Lake Michigan is a big lake. In fact, if you didn't know it was a lake, when you walked up on it, you'd think it was an ocean. It is big, and it has big waves. And there are some great storms that come upon that lake, beloved, that toss ships to and fro and endanger the ships that navigate those waters. But you know what the ships have to help them out right there in Lake Michigan? Some of the most beautiful ones you will ever see. They have lighthouses right there on the shore. And while the ships are being tossed back and forth by the winds and the rays, the, white house, the, the, the lighthouse doesn't move. Why doesn't the lighthouse get tossed to and fro by the waves? Well, it's very simple. The lighthouse is rooted and built on a rock. And the waves crash and the wind blows and the rock doesn't move. God is a rock in a weary land. He's a shelter in the time of storm. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4, Christ is a rock. And you build your life and you root yourself in him and the waves of opinions and the storms of rhetoric, they come and they go. But if you're rooted and grounded in him like that lighthouse, you don't move. You are rooted and built up in him, beloved. Established. Established, Paul says. Established in the faith. Right? Established in the faith just as you were taught. Now, the understanding here of the faith, beloved, is not your belief. Right? That's not the idea of faith. You're not established in your own trust. Right? So that. Established. It is not being established in your trust of Christ. But rather the faith here that is being referenced is the faith that is taught, the doctrines of the apostles, the very word of God, established in the word of God, just as you have been taught, established in the apostles' doctrines, just as you have been taught. The Christian is one who is rooted and built up in Christ, established Upon his word. Established upon his word. It's amazing to me, Christine. It is. Smile, sweetheart, because it is amazing to me too. 
It is amazing to me how there are people who call themselves Christians and don't do Bible study. Say that again, Pastor Phil. Amazing to me. They call themselves Christians and you never see them in Bible study. You never see them in discipleship. You never see them being rooted and established in the Word of God. You talk to them about it, they sound like the Brady Bunch. You say Bible, they say Bible, Bible, Bible. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Here's the point, beloved. The importance that we place upon the Bible is the importance that the Bible places upon the Bible. That's what it says. St. Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2. Preach the word. Preach the word. That's why we do it. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Why? Because the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Love it. The next time you are in the grocery store and there is a People magazine right there, you take out a permanent marker and just write, Second Timothy four and three. This is our time. Because people do not want to endure sound teaching. They don't want Bible. But rather, they look and long for those who will tell them what they want to hear and confirm them in their folly. I'm sorry. If you are in Christ, what does it mean to be a Christian then, beloved? It means that you are like what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. You desire the sincere milk of the word so that you can grow by it. Give it to me. You're like that little newborn baby all the time. What's wrong? They're crying. What do they want? They want a bottle. They want something. They want their mother. Stop holding them, Dad. Give them to the mother. That's what it said. Dad, I love you, but I want mommy because I need the milk so that I can grow. That's what the Christian does. Oh, give me the milk of the word so that I can grow up in Christ, so I can be established in him. The Christian wants the word 
they can be rooted and grounded in Christ and not swayed by every form of teaching and popular doctrine. They're not swayed by popular news reports or fancy talking reporters. Give me the word. Give me the scriptures that I might know Christ. Abounding in thanksgiving, he says. You might, you look at this, you read this passage of scripture and Paul says, just as you receive Christ, you know, walk in him, you know, being rooted and grounded in Christ, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in thanksgiving. You're like, wait a minute. You know, that just seems so out of place. Paul, you were going good with these metaphors here, and you had me right there. You were going like these two sides, you know, as you receive, live, you know, as you, as you root, get built up, as you establish, you know, as you were taught. You know, what's this? All of a sudden, like, what do you mean abounding in thanksgiving? Sounds like almost that Thanksgiving is an add-on. You know? Once you know something about the Apostle Paul, if you know something about the Christian life. And that is that Thanksgiving is never an add-on. What does it mean to be a Christian, beloved? It means that you are thankful. It means that every day in every way, the more rooted you get in Christ, the more thankful you are. The more established you get in the faith, the more thankful you are. The more you understand what the Bible teaches and the apostles' doctrine, the more thankful you are. The more you understand what you have received in Christ and you walk into him, the more thankful you are. There should never be a such thing as an ungrateful Christian. It's an oxymoron, beloved. The Christians are those. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 6, right? Give thanks in all circumstances. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the will of God. This is it. This is it. This is not an add-on. This is a summation of what it means to be a Christian, abounding in thanksgiving in every situation, I am giving thanks. Why? Because I'm in Christ, and Christ is in me. And beloved, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Thanksgiving is, is my favorite holiday. I, I, in, in my humble opinion, you know, this is just my opinion. In my humble opinion, it's really the only true Christian holiday that is in America. It's a time, yeah, think about that. It's a time when families and friends get together and they sit down for a meal for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to give thanks. To give thanks for the provision to give thanks for the fellowship, for the love, for the sustenance. 
to do that which God commands us to do always, to give thanks, to look around and once again be reminded, Lord, you have done more than enough, and I give you thanks. But the Christian lives in thanksgiving, beloved. Every moment of every day, we are looking around as if we are seated at the dinner table of the Lord's Thanksgiving feast and say, Lord, I just want to say thanks. Abounding, abounding, Paul says, in thanksgiving. Realizing that if you are in Christ and Christ is in you, you have it, beloved. You have it. And so the thing that we have to do is stop. Stop looking around. And thinking that in order to truly be content, I need something more than Jesus. Stop it. Stop looking around and thinking that you need someone more than Jesus. Stop it. Stop looking around and thinking that you need to be somewhere else other than in Christ. But you look, you see this morning, and if you are in Christ, and Christ is in you, you may not have every aspect of your life in perfect harmony, but beloved, you got enough. You got enough to be happy in this world. You got enough to be thankful in this world. You got enough to worship God every day because you have Christ. And you have received him. And he in you. And you in him. And it's enough. It's enough. It's enough. When I was a young boy growing up in church, like I told you before, there wasn't many things I liked about church. But one of the things I did enjoy was every now and then the pastor's wife would get up and she would sing. And she would sing one of my favorite songs. I don't hear people singing it much anymore, but I remember it clearly. And she'd sing that I don't possess houses or land, fine clothes or jewelry, sorrows and cares. In this old life, my life seems to be. But I have Christ who paid the price way back on Calvary. And Christ is all, all and all, this world to me. Christ is all. Yes, Christ is all. He rules the land and the sea. Christ is all. Yes, Christ is all. And without him, nothing to be. Christ is all. All in all, this world to me. 
what it means to be a Christian. It means Christ is all. All in all. This world. To me. Let us pray.